Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. I'm joined again this week by Ali. Hi. Daoud. Hello. And Qudama. Hello. Now, we are going to go for a bit of a change of pace this week. You know, normally we dissect the weekend's action and pick out a couple of things to debate just from both past and present themes in football. But, you know, there was a very significant moment this week with the passing of Diego Armando Maradona, one of the world's biggest football icons. To some, considered the greatest player ever. To others, it's a debate worth discussing. We might even mention it today as well amongst ourselves. So just to kick things off, I just wanted to kind of get everyone's overall perception of Diego Maradona before his death, just the way you grew up and learned about him. Uh, Ali, I'll come to you first. What what sort of footballer was Diego Maradona to you? Well, first of all, I never really watched Maradona, but with having an older brother and cousins, um, telling them about Diego himself, and how he was as a footballer, he was like a fallen angel. He had a bit of the angel and devil in him. And it's really hard to talk about it because you could see in the infamous World Cup game against England, does something really bad. And then five minutes later, makes up with pure magic. Yeah, I mean, th- definitely there's an enigma of a figure there, isn't there, with Maradona. Mm-hmm. Like, what was your thought, sort of kind of perception of him growing up? Yeah, again, we we're all of the same generation. We never really watched him week in, week out and... We couldn't really do that given the era of football he played in. You know, things weren't as readily available. I think, uh, you know, I tried to cast my mind back. um, When did I really first hear about Maradona? And I think it was when Messi was starting to gain prominence in the football world. It kind of coincided with me starting to really take a, you know, active interest in football. And as Messi rose through the ranks of, uh, you know, of the world, uh, like, started to capture the world's attention, a lot of people started to draw those comparisons to Maradona. And that's when I first started to realize, like, oh, who is this guy? Everyone's talking about like the uh, greatest of all time, and through there, I learned about him and his, you know, personality. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Mar- Maradona kind of belongs in a, um, y- you know, the uh, with America how they've got the Mount Rushmore with the face of the presidents. Mm-hmm. If there was a football equivalent to that, you would have Pele, you would have Johan Cruyff, and you would have Diego Maradona oh, in sure. terms of the past figures. Of course, now in present day, you could definitely add Messi and Ronaldo to that list. But when you kind and the other thing for me is that my exposure to Maradona was always what he did in an Argentina jersey, even though of course his achievements with Napoli are very very uh, kind of renowned. But he he didn't really have the whole you know Messi's got the super club Barcelona always at the top thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That's only you can associate Napoli with that type of status. Maybe it was when he was a player to be fair the way he elevated them. But uh, yeah, I mean on top of that as well, it's the type of player that he was. Because for me, I don't know what your kind of personal preference is for a footballer, but for me, if you talk to me about an exceptional dribbler, forget about the goals, but just the flair and the skill and the low centre of gravity, that's my favourite mm-hmm. type of player, hands down. So, for sure. Although I didn't watch him live week by week, which I would love to have done, I have a feeling that if I was born in a previous generation, he probably would have been my favourite player, to be honest. And uh, yeah, so that. what about you, Dowd? Can we take uh, a bit of your perception on Maradona? Um, I think I'm the small minority of people that um, probably didn't like Maradona as much for as a person. Um, his uh, his antics on and off the pitch, his general demeanour uh, was really off-putting uh, growing up to to associate the magical beauty he was that of a footballer. Him dribbling the way he did uh, against England <laughs> um, in in that World Cup match, and it was just it was just heartbreaking. To see, obviously, he took away the dreams of uh, the English fans at the time, and that uh, and that actually cemented more um, dislike for him. Actually, 
Uh, another thing that cemented it even more was um, how he used to gloat over it. Um, famously, in one of his interviews, he said um, he thanks England uh, a lot for his his goal with his foot, with his head, and with his hand. And obviously, gave him one of the best goals um, he's ever scored in his whole career. And I think that really cemented him for me. And I've not always liked him. Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy, a lot of things going on, on uh, off the pitch after he retired. Um, but I think all of us on this table will have to agree um, he was an absolutely amazing footballer, um, probably one of the best ever. At least in modern times. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's let's talk about how amazing he was. We'll go straight into the we would say the the main piece of his career, which was the 1986 World Cup, and also the quarter final against England. Now, I remember when we did the international break podcast, and I said about Zidane turning the game on its head against England. <laughs> this was an even better example of it in a more pronounced stage, and the manner of which uh, you know he equalized with the hand of God, and the manner of which he won the game with the fantastic dribble goal. I, I think it kind of shows you the the sides of great players that it's not just about their technical ability, but their willingness to do whatever it takes to win. So I think Maradona kind of epitomised that within that game, wouldn't you say? No, for sure. Um, that game shows what Maradona was. Um, even in England, they call cheating. With people in South America, Messi's used his hand to score a goal before. So Suarez to defend the goal from going in, um, that's the mentality he had. Yeah, there's a cultural aspect to it, isn't it, in yeah. South America where they don't actually consider it cheating in the same sense of the word that you know we would use it here in in Europe. Um, and definitely... What do, uh, what do they class it as then? I think they class it as um, cunning. Well, that's that's, exa- that's, uh, like the that's dark the word arts. he used yeah. himself. The, the dark watching. arts, basically, that's yeah. what it is. It's du- duping your opponent, basically, into gaining an advantage in within the, I guess, the parameters of the game itself, so to speak. So very like, unsportsmanlike. It is unsportsmanlike, and I don't think they would. It. I think we would classify it as that, but I don't think they would. I think to them it's fair game, so to speak. And it's interesting to look at it, to try and put ourselves in their shoes and try to see how they approach the game of football. Obviously, we'll always have that bias and see it as unsportsmanship, and definitely would never even condone it from from our own teams to gain an advantage that way. But I think the funny thing about it is, even though he did like. Uh, you know that handball, and everyone hated him for it in the in the West, in Western Europe. It's like that every time you watch that goal of the century, as it was dubbed, and uh, you just kind of forget it. It's not even that like it's the hand of God moment, and it's the standout in the game. But it's also like not as prominent. Like what I take from that game is that goal of the century. Uh, yeah, I mean, one thing I did want to kind of mention. So in the lead up to what happened, there's been a lot of interviews with Peter Shilton, the goalkeeper that he beat that day. Now. A lot, a lot of Peter Shilton's bitterness still remains, and I, and I think it reflects a lot of the nation. That there are actually some people who are giving it the you know let it go, kind of uh, treatment to Shilton. But was he not? Is he not? Does he not deserve criticism for though he was beaten in the air by such a short player as well? Yeah, for sure. First of all, that goal made Shilton. Nobody knew who he was outside of England. Let's be honest. Yeah. He's he's six foot two at least. Maradona's five foot four at best, and he just <laughs> jumped in the air, go Maradona, and he scored <laughs> with his hand. Yeah. That's Chilton's fault. And like Chilton's nowhere near as revered as a uh, Gordon Banks, for example, is he? Like that. that mm. is... To be fair though, Chilton wasn't jumping as much, and you would assume that that's someone the, that's wouldn't the put their hand. Someone wouldn't put their hand as far as as Maradona did, and I think um, what Peter Chilton said, Diego Maradona had greatness but no sportsmanship 
um, and I, I think that that's very apparent. And I I, I, I don't blame him because, uh, like you said, if you say that it's cunning, it still leaves the win with a bitter taste. I guess I get what you're saying, but I wouldn't go as far as to say he had zero sportsmanship. I mean, he showed time and time again that he embodied the sporting spirit of Argentina, man. Like he, I think the biggest difference that people always, um, when you know they draw those not like naturally where they draw those comparisons to Messi, and they say is Messi the greatest of all time? Is Maradona the greatest of all time? The difference is that Maradona carried the spirit of Argentina, so to speak. Mm-hmm. He didn't maybe reach the footballing peak that Messi has reached, but he managed to galvanize the nation at a time of turmoil, brought them home a World Cup, and for that, like, I don't think he'll ev- Messi will ever be seen as bigger than Maradona back, back in Argentina. For sure. Since Maradona was through Argentina, played a lot of his football in Argentina, Messi was brought over from Argentina to Barcelona. Now, just bringing the topic back to Maradona and his World Cup achievements, I've just been having a quick look at the squad list for the 1986 World Cup. Now, one criticism of Messi has been that he hasn't been able to win a trophy with Argentina, be that the Copa America and the World Cup. He made three finals in a row in terms of Copa America and World Cup together. But did Messi actually underachieve? Because did he have a a better supporting cast to win with Argentina compared to Maradona? Look at the 86 World Cup. I'll read out the list of names and you tell me if you even know who this player is, never mind have a judgment of their quality. You've got a forward called Sergio Almiron, Sergio Batista, Ricardo Bacini, Claudio Borghi, Jose Luis Brown, Daniel Passarella, George Burchuga, Nesta Clausen, Jose Luis yeah, Cachufio, Maradona himself, the captain of the squad, aged 25 and 86, George Valdano, Hector Enrique, Oscar Gary, Ricardo Giusti, and Luis Islas and Pedro Pasculi. You know these players. I have, did anyone recognize a single one of them just there? No, to, but I know they all play in Argentina. Yeah, yeah. compared to Messi, uh, Messi having Aguero, possibly Di Maria. if I grew up in that, that uh, time. Yeah, I feel like it's possibly. a bit. What, what if we grew up in that time? But I mean, yeah. they, didn't, they didn't retain legendary status in the same way that Maradona did. Yeah, Do you I think, think half of Argentina has got a, a squad? Whereas would? when you think about Brazil, you know, you don't just think about Petty, you think about Garincha, Jairzinho, Socrates. My point exactly, you, yeah. You know, a bit of color. So. The, Brazil, you can tell, like the whole squad won so much, and you remember more than just Pele's name. Whereas it seems like Argentina just centers around Maradona in every way conceivable, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, if you like going back to it, you know, you name the 2002 World Cup squad which Brazil had, you could probably name the whole squad. But that ni- 1986 World Cup, you could just probably remember Maradona. Well, the majority of the world remember Maradona. I mean, we just of, went through yeah, the names. <laughs> yeah. Icon yeah. is really, you know. I think I was reading, uh, as I was do- doing my research on Maradona and just general reading after his passing, that he um, was involved in 71% of all the goals scored by the Argentine national team in the 86 World Cup. So if that doesn't show you a one-man team, then I don't know what, what will really... He was definitely a one-man team, wasn't he? Yeah. Maradona FC. And that's why, he's, that's why his legacy stands. I mean, a World Cup, the, arguably the biggest stage... Not just in football, but in you know in global sporting as a whole. Like, so, you know, some would say the World Cup is bigger than the Olympics, and to actually have one man drag a team all the way. And I wouldn't say they were underdogs for the for the you know championship. Not not at all. But man, like when you watch highlights, you do see someone that is inspiring the team just by the way he plays and the way he dribbles that that ball, man. 
I just want to make a statement. If there was no Maradona, there was not going to be no Messi because Messi obviously made his game around what Maradona did. Yeah, the profiles between Messi and uh, Maradona are actually unbelievably similar, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, you know, small in stature and left-footed, amazing balance, you know, low centre of gravity, great finishing, creative, you know, not to mention that they've actually scored incredibly similar similar goals. I think we all know the the Granada goal that Messi scored. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the Granada goal, but it was actually against Getafe. Getafe, Getafe so yeah, it was. Well, sorry. <laughs> How well sorry. do you know it, really? It was, it was G. It was, the, G <laughs> the G mixed me up, man. Yeah, but it's it's just not that though. He's influenced so many other people. Not just that, but football and fans. Like I wasn't born that era, but when I was a kid, doing a Maradona spin, just his yeah. tricks, you know, you, you go back to that and you think, This guy just even even though I didn't watch him, he still inspired me, even though I'm crap at football. <laughs> but he inspired me, he's inspired millions of people around the world. Yeah, definitely. It's almost like it's so unbelievably unique that one man like he's almost exists in my mind, in that international footballer bubble, like like Jeff said at the start of the podcast, like you only really came to know about his club um, endeavors much later. Like you would always learn about Maradona, the international footballer first, and even now, like nothing will ever eclipse what he did in that '86 World Cup. Yeah, I mean, with with that as well. Like for example, uh, look at how Argentina declared three days of mourning, and now, and the other thing as well. They see him in a status that I don't think a footballer holds with any nation at all. Like, we this is a football mad world. There are so many countries that are so passionate about football, but I really don't think that anyone gets close in terms of how the uh, Argentine population views Maradona. Uh, yeah, well. yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, if you look at every Brazilian player or every big world class Brazilian player, they will not get the respect which Maradona gets in Brazil. And they've won many trophies. They've won things in the Brazilian Serie A or the Copa Libertadores yeah. or in La Liga or whatnot. Like, they're not Diego Maradona. That, yeah. that, that's the name which everyone's going to remember. You've got Muhammad Ali, you've got, you've got a Schumacher. Maradona is on that. Like, like Jaffa was saying, Mount Rushmore title. Yeah, yeah definitely. Sure. Definitely. There's, there's certain... It's, it's what they do outside of the pitch, isn't it? Like, or in this way, like, you know, Muhammad Ali was known for his battles outside of the ring, as he used to say. And Maradona, obviously, what he did on the pitch ultimately led to what happened off the pitch, where he manages to galvanise a country around the sport and, you know, uplift the morale, especially at the time they were just, you know, coming out of the Falklands War with England. And there was even, you know, a lot more subtext subtext to that match in the 86 World Cup. And, like, his performance alone manages to, you know, bring a country up. Yeah. yeah, but earlier on we were talking about the bad things Maradona's did about the drugs. What about the good things? When he moved to Napoli, he actually contributed to a charity match, which Napoli did not want him to do. And he was like, no, I'm still going to do was this. Was that at the very beginning of his move to Napoli? Or? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. And he was like, no, I'm going to do this because a child needs help. He, need, he needs funds to support him. So he actually did that. Like, what about the good memories Maradona had? He had a passion for the game. Yeah. Um, people obviously get that overshadowed by his obviously terrible moments in his life. Yeah, I mean... Just remember the good moments, that's all I'm saying. That's a nice way to segue into, you know, talking about Maradona, not just the international icon, but the club footballer, the club player. Uh, Napoli have announced that they are going to rename their stadium in honour of him. Uh, Ali, could you give us a rundown? What, what was it so special about Maradona's time with Napoli? What did he achieve there that made him such an icon with the club? It's just like how it was with Argentina... Like he had that underdog winning mentality, and Napoli were lacking that. 
So I'd say he brought Napoli to that next level, won two Serie A's and eventually UEFA Cup. What sort of level were they at before he, he turned up? They were mid, mid-table, I'd say, mm. if that. You know, um, the previous season, I think they finished 13th or 14th. But afterwards, he made them Serie A contenders with, when there's Arrigo Sacchi's AC Milan. How great was that team? Yeah. Like, all, four, all three years know how great that team was. Yeah. People talk stories about it. Mm. What do you think about that, Dowd? No, I agree. I agree. I think, um, again, in doing my research about Maradona before before recording this, I didn't realise just how much Napoli, the club in Naples, the city, adored Maradona. I think that there's an argument to be made if he might be the biggest footballer from outside a country to have an impact on a club, if, if you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of club legends now, for all clubs, are from the same country that club is from, whereas I think Napoli absolutely adore Maradona on the same almost at the same level as Argentina do I think I was reading that before he joined he joined for a world record fee um, you know there was like 75,000 or something fans that uh, uh, greeted him when he came people were saying like oh because at the time as well there was also political um, aspect like you know subtext again where the north-south divide of Italy was at its highest yeah. and he came in and he was seen as like you know he chose the south and he was going to help them, you know, bridge that gap between between them. And they hadn't won a league title, I think, for sixty years, and they never won a Serie A after its rebranding. Mm-hmm. And you know, he led the most successful. Like period. you said about the north and the south, what teams were based on north? If you look at it, it was AC Milan, it was Inter Milan, it was Juventus. They're the like so-called big three. So, like I said before, Maradona obviously went to Napoli. Obviously, a world record three had some crazy moments at Barcelona, which made him go on Napoli and he had that underdog mentality and brought success to the Naples club. Yeah, I mean, you know, two league titles, runners-up as well, twice, and obviously the infamous UEFA Cup. I mean, it's interesting that, like, the impact he had also wasn't lasting because the two titles that Napoli won with Maradona are the only two titles they've won in their history as well. They haven't been able to replicate that success. Yeah. It's, it's just outstanding how great of a player he was. Not just as a footballer, maybe he doesn't have the beautiful records that Ronaldo goes for, Messi goes for, but he had one hell of an impact on that club. Yeah, but you know, do you know, in terms of the modern day comparisons of how good a footballer is versus back then, do you think we are too focused and obsessed about the stats and the goal numbers compared to just, you know, winning and being great and performing well? Like just, or do you think that it's actually the, the other way around? Uh, because we have such an access to data now, and because players are compared on a week-by-week week basis, or oh, he was terrible this week, he's finished, he has to respond the next week and score some goals. Is there, Are the players who actually maintain a level of consistency now a lot better than players back then because there's more pressure on them to do so? It's a bit of both. Um, obviously, there's not more stats, but the, prof- the footballers are more professional, they're on stricter diets, and they have to keep an eye on themselves. If, they, if they're not 100% fit and healthy, they're taking out the squad straight away, aren't they? You go back to the 70s and 80s, you used to you used to drink beer on a regular basis and turn up to a football game when win or lose. That's how football was then. Plus, you need to remember the football pitches now are a lot more better than they were thirty years ago. And the footballs were a lot harder to yeah to control, and you know you'd get a lot more injuries as and well. And a lot more tackles, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the I think Gary Lineker. The nature of the way <laughs> yeah. the defenders were yeah. back then. Gary Lineker said that when when he was having a tribute to him as well, and the way he used to control the ball back then was um, by far one of the best b- best dribblers, the best ball technique. I don't know what to call it, but he just had a way with the ball that nobody else could yeah. could have. It's, it's an interesting point you've made there, actually. I, I've never really thought about it, but 
It is almost like a consequence of the information age. I mean, you know, Maradona played in the 80s and 90s. The internet was just about to become a thing. And then, you know, you had your um, dot-com uh, uh, Russian in the 1890s and stuff. And now everything is just about data. Like, in stats are a big part of that. I mean, everything, like, the footballing world took a while to catch up to that. I mean, how recent is it that you start to hear about those like XG stuff and yeah. how much a player is, uh, you know, actually outputting on the field in terms of numbers, not just what you can see with the naked eye. But it's also been exacerbated by having Messi and Ronaldo in the same era. I mean, we've got access to all this data and then you've got these two freaks that are putting in insane numbers that makes yeah. it even worse. So now we just see, we just look at football through that lens. Whereas maybe we should some fact sometimes just, you know, take take a step back yeah. from the screen yeah. And, yeah. and just watch a player. I mean, this is just my personal opinion, but I do actually appreciate the modern-day players more than the old-day players because as much as it's, there's a romanticism to learning about players you never watched and they make up the folklore of football and it has all this uh, reverence that you get to admire, See, uh, being fully aware of the context of a player's career because you, the, the moment he started playing, you were already watching that team and you're already watching when it is opening this. For example, let me give you... I'll cite Mbappe because everyone knows about Messi and Ronaldo now. But Mbappe bursting onto the scene like a seasoned veteran and just dominating games and making vital contributions. Could we imagine how we talk about Mbappe in about 10, 15 years' time when he's kind of slowing down near the end of his career? To me, I'll, I'll remember Mbappe as someone unbelievable. Of course, let's say he maintains this consistency and everything goes okay for his career. But Whereas with Maradona, he might have had a couple of awful performances in a season, let down his team, let down his na uh, nation in a different tournament. But no one's going to remember that. No one's going to fix them because there wasn't a thousand comments being made and a lot of slanderous. Uh, well, you know, so many videos recorded you know? or, you know, compilation videos on yeah. YouTube with him having the worst, you know, dribbles and nothing going for him. Yeah. I know I, what you I, mean. I, I disagree with that. Um, why Why did Maradona eventually go to drugs in if it wasn't the fame? No, but I think what he's no, saying I, I is... Don't, I think you can't make that simplistic uh, yeah. No, no, I yeah. think, conclusion I think to what Jack's saying I, is do the, the, the players from, you know, that bygone era benefit more in terms of their reputation and legacy and their, you know, induction into that folklore that he, of, of football, as he's saying, because their highs are recorded and that's all we remember, whereas their lows, they, they get Never swept under the rug. About. They're not talked about because they weren't recorded. We don't have mm. that, like, HD mm. footage of him, like of them making, a you know, a, a tragic pass or missing a sitter. We just can't, no, we don't see, see that with Peter Shilton. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah, but that's part of someone else's like you know highlight reel. I mean, I was looking when I was like you know scrolling through his Wikipedia. I was like, you know, this guy's done un unbelievable stuff in a World Cup. What's he done in a Copa America? And then I went to check, and I was like, well, he's not really done much in, in South America, but it doesn't get talked about because it's yeah. just we don't live in that era. Do you want to give us a bit of a roundup about some of the more crazy moments of his football career, you know? Man, Diego Armando Maradona, what has he done? Um, first of all, he needed a goalkeeper in the face in the Bilbao derby in the final. Yeah. Um, that was, was that that, was that started, last... that crazy scuffle yeah. that everyone's seen? Yeah, that yeah, looks yeah, like yeah. a type of a movie man, scene. Man, he hates yeah. Bilbao, man. Like, one of the Bilbao like, defenders like, broke his leg. Well, that was he, actually... That was a different game, I think. Game about three months ago. Yeah. I think... Um, one of the, well, I know I was watching uh, an entire YouTube video about it, but basically the butcher of Bilbao. Yeah. I don't want to try pronouncing his name, but I will. Um, is let's, let's hear it. 
Andoni Goetia. Basically. There we go. That's great Basque, pronunciation. A very Basque surname, a lot of uh, consonants and X's. But basically, his he was dubbed as the uh, butcher of Bilbao. Broke his ankle and basically snapped it in half in a in a um, in a game three months prior. So there was already that the Bilbao at the time were known as being a very physical team, very aggressive team. The stalk of the Monday. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then they played each other in a Copa um, Copa del Rey final in front of the King of Spain, who was in attendance at that game. By the way, hundred thousand fans. I think half of Spain actually watched it on TV. You know, the game ends one 0 to Bilbao. Uh, Maradona being goaded the entire time by the fans, being actually like racially abused by the fans because of his Native American roots. And then you know the game ends. He squares up to one of the Bilbao um, players. All hell breaks loose. Next thing you know, you know he's fighting. Keeper comes in. He knees him in the face. It's like a tiny. Yeah, it knocks him out. Stone <laughs> I'm cold. I'm not kidding. Absolutely stone cold. Elbowed another player in the face. I think. Yeah, or something uh, like that. It's crazy. It's like what the heck? Like another one of his crazy moments was in the 2010 World Cup. He he lines all the footballers up. Does everyone remember Rod, Red Ars or not? Yeah, it yeah. was Red Ars. Yeah, that it was, was basically. Yeah, I think what the heck is going on with this guy? Yeah. And then there's an, there's another moment in the World Cup where. He's like I think he won the um one of uh, what you call it um ah it's not coming to my head right now uh, but w- teammate w- no no it wasn't teammate it was this is crazy um what did they do ball boys no no it wasn't ball boys um Stewart. it was press conference oh, right. it, it was one of the interviews what the heck one of the interviews came on asked him oh, are you happy with the performance so the translator's going you saying you're gay you're gay you're gay then he's like. He's in shock. Like oh, is, I, think I don't, I don't know if everyone remembers. It's one of World Cup moments. That, yeah, yeah and, and he's there saying, not. "Oh, he's got a beautiful girlfriend. He's happy. He loves women. This and that." And yeah. He's getting all nervous and stuff because people, people were thinking he might be gay, yeah. which is quite funny at the time because it's Maradona. I do, I do remember that. Actually. I have no recollection of this. And then there's, there's Nigeria. Um, it was a 2018 World Cup where he's dancing with a Nigerian lady. Yeah. And a couple of minutes later, when Messi scores, he looks like he's a man possessed. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, like, there was, like, it is a fallen angel, which I'd say is Diego Maradona. He had the good in him whilst playing football. That's when he was the happiest. But he did some crazy things off the pitch. Yeah. You know, I'd say he's the crazy things on the pitch as well. And do you know yeah. that? Um, you on know, the pitch side as well. Well, he did in that Bilbao game, ultimately, like, it wasn't just a brawl that, like, everyone forgot about after a while. That actually is what directly led to his... Um, moved to Napoli. Moved to Napoli. The, the director wow. of Barcelona at the time was like, I'm done with Maradona. What are you doing? You guy, <laughs> you've just embarrassed us in front of the king of Spain. You know, 100,000 people in attendance. You know, you've just knocked out their keeper called like it's some sort of MMA fight. <laughs> and that was what led to him going to Napoli. So it's interesting to think if he didn't have that, like, you know, like the world, the history is, you know, defined by those small moments. Like, say he didn't ever had that fight, he wouldn't have went to Napoli, wouldn't have, you know, led their decisions. It's just one chapter in the colourful life that is, that is Maradona's, man. It is a very erratic life, though. Um, yes. He lived it to the fullest. Yeah, he did. And I think, at least he enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we can give him that at least. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, um, the day that Messi retires will have a much more profound effect on me as a football fan because I he's been my favorite player for y- yeah. as, as long as I can remember. Really, for me as well. So it, it is nice to kind of go back and reminisce about these players and not just reminisce, to be honest, but learn. Like it, already, you guys have taught me a couple of things I didn't even know about. I'm just by listening uh, to some of the stories there. Um, so thanks a lot it was a very insightful discussion uh, next week we should hopefully be back to a most uh, familiar pace to what we've been doing in uh, recent podcasts you know we'll have a couple of nice debates lined up for you we did tease a little bit about the goal celebrations last week so that one will be uh, there and uh, hopefully the football itself can give us some uh, memorable talking points 
Uh, thanks a lot for coming on today, lads. Uh, it's been a pleasure hosting you. And out, can you quickly wrap up with the promotions, please? Yeah, so um, I've been uploading more of the videos on um, YouTube, so it's just the dressing room. Um, our website's temporarily still unavailable at the moment, um, so i hopefully keep tight with that. Um, also, obviously, follow our Instagram, um, the uh, TD Room 9, uh, or Twitter, uh, which is the same. And we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and any other uh, mainstream platform. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers.